The following program is a presentation of Fox Sports Radio Charlotte. The free Fox Sports app, available from Apple or Google Play. And always online at foxsportsradiocharlotte.com. It's time for the Uptown Sports Crowd. Here's Mackie Gallagher with Ben Cole. Good morning, Charlotte, and welcome to another week of the Uptown Sports Crowd right here on Fox Sports Radio, Charlotte 94.7 FM. We are on air from 9 to 10 a.m., Every single Sunday. My name is Mackie Gallagher. I am joined by my boy, Ben Cole, as always. Got some exciting things to talk about. March Madness. This has been a fun one to watch. The Sweet 16 games are happening. The Elite Eight is being decided. And then soon, we will see who will represent their conferences and their universities in the national championship game before we get into march madness you know some panther talk with some new signings and uh even some hockey talk with the canes uh there's one thing i want to talk about not sports related not important at all but as a guy who thrives with small talk i have to bring it up the weather Ooh, the small talk of all small talks the small talk of all small talks the weather the the change in temperatures that Charlotte has experienced this past week, you know, I'm leaving the house at work around 8 a.m. or to go to work, wearing my layers, wearing my dress pants, my pullover, and then within a few hours, it was 70, 75 degrees, and on Friday afternoon, it is in the 80s. You know how angry I was when I sat down in my car Friday afternoon, and the back of my arm, like my tricep elbow Got area, burnt? it hit the metal part of the seatbelt. I forgot that even existed. Yeah, I forgot that was an issue. Existed. It's already been an issue with weather because February was hot and mild. It was like it was like uh, Mother Nature uh, took us out the freezer to defrost, mm-hmm. sprinkle a little pollen on us, marinate us, and then March got really cold, stuck us Imagery. back into the freezer. And now I feel like Mother Nature is prepared to roast us in the oven <laughs> this summer. You're right. We're in that weird phase where North Carolina weather is just so hard to plan for. Because like you said, you wake up and I mean, I, I'm going to be real. I don't check the weather. I, I just check like generally like cold, hot, warm. Okay. <laughs> cold. But uh, it's in that period now where it's like, oh, cold. Dress for cold. You and then you walk some... out of work and it's like, ooh, hot. <laughs> ooh, hot. <laughs> you don't have some kind of like physical tell that it's going to be hot or cold the way no, people I think are we like, talked it's going to rain, this, my yeah. knee's hurting. I know it's going to rain in the next 30 minutes. No, I don't I don't have one of those. Only thing I think, like, only thing I have, like we talked about a few weeks ago, was I'll get a headache sometimes if, like, pressure changed if it rains or something. Aww. But I can but look outside and be like, oh, it's waning. It's waning. <laughs> And, and, I don't need weather to check if it's waning. And a uh, social custom in this country that I am not a fan of are like office jobs, corporate jobs. You can't wear shorts. No. Oh, yeah, that threw me off today. I walked into the studio and you were wearing shorts. I was. I was. Uh, it was like a jump scare. Jump scare. They are pale. They are very pale. I have not uh, been able to give them a nice little. I, I didn't look at your knees. Far. I didn't look at your knees because, you know. I'm not looking at your knees, but do so you what have part those? Of the leg were you looking at? <laughs> what? Just like the, the general knees. like, oh, it's there. They're shorts. But oh, this man the point legs. is, do you have those knees where there are baby faces in your kneecaps? I've all, I don't think so. I'm, let me look I right do. Now. So I've I, I have the baby though. face kneecaps. 
Um, if you're unaware of this, some people, or you maybe, look in the mirror. You got to be standing straight up. You got to have like, you know, relaxed, all the fat be like relaxed so it, it forms it. But if you're standing up straight, some people's knees, their kneecaps look like a baby's face. Wow. It's uh, very, very interesting. Very interesting. See, but, I've, yeah. I've always been bow-legged. So, like, my when I'm standing how I normally stand, like, my knees are pointing outwards. Like, mm-hmm. my legs are not linear at all. Oh, and, I've seen you walk. <laughs> that hurts, bro. <laughs> that hurts. You know you know, I'm bow-legged. You know I'm pitching. Well, I was going to say, I used to have the same problem. Oh, and, and then you grew up. And then I went to insert sponsor here. <laughs> no, I don't know. Like it's like my left foot especially. <laughs> that baby is at a forty-five degree angle to my right foot every single time I walk. Mm-hmm. And then if my if my legs if my knees are straight, like you know they're just pointing straight, lined up with my shoulders, pointing outwards. I I am walking like the most crooked foot person mm-hmm. ever. I don't understand. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I used to have that same issue, like, as a kid. Like, I remember just having doctor mom things. I was walking oh, one yeah, day, and she was, yeah, and she was like, come back here, turn around, walk, walk in a straight line. Like, Whoa, what's going on? And then I start walking, and she's like, mm, yeah, we're going we're gonna to go see someone <laughs> Gosh, about that. I totally that. can't wait to not be self-conscious when I walk for the rest of my life now. It's going <laughs> to be so fun. Uh, going back to the uh, <laughs> going back to the short comments, the shorts, why did I wear one of those pants that have the zippers that you could, you know, unzip? Yeah. And then they they were like those those aren't dress pants. Mm, that's not. They need to make those like Brookstone or Brooks Brothers. Like or one I, of those when I come into work, places. if I'm like if I'm going on a sales meeting, yes, I'll put the bottom half back on. I'll zip them back <laughs> yeah, up, right? even but, though it is the hardest task in the world <laughs> but, to rezip these zippable pants. But I just want to be cool while I'm sitting in my cubicle. I, I, I understand. I'm mainly bringing up the weather for one reason and one reason only. You're like this is a sports show, not for the first seven minutes. It isn't <laughs> because. Charlotte driving. It's mm-hmm. kind of a meme at this point. Nobody is good. No matter how good you are at driving, you are not good. Like Charlotte, there is a collective understanding that no one knows what they're doing based on the things that I have seen on the road. Yeah, but also everyone has that mindset. Unless you can kind of step out and and have some perspective and be like, I'm a bad driver. Most people are like, oh, it's everyone else. Oh, self-responsibility in Charlotte? Absolutely. <laughs> Accountability? No, no thanks. No. That's how it's self-responsibility. <laughs> Accountability is a much shorter, shorter word to say it. So the reason I say this is because right where we work here in South End, like in the heart of South End, we're right uh, near Camden and Park Road, that intersection right by the Flower Child. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the light rail. The light rail. The rail trail, some might say. I think, this is, I, think I see where you're going with this. Yes, because... These four-way intersections are already tough enough to navigate. Mm, they're so difficult to navigate because— Just because nobody knows when to go. I, I know. I, now, I'm not the best driver, but I know the order of four-way intersections. Yeah. Oh, you stopped before me? You were here before me? You go. You go. go. It doesn't matter which direction you're going. It's your turn. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, if it's a close one, if it's like a buzzer beater, we're both getting there at the same time, I'll give them a little wave. Uh-huh. Like, there you go. And do they respond I'm to the wave? Waiting. Not usually. No, they no. don't. They wave back. And then I wave again. And then they wave <laughs> and back. And then they start and to inch start forward. Going. And then they start going. And you're like, ah! <laughs> no, and then just to throw in with the mix, because I know, I see where you're going with this, with the warm weather. Yes. Now there's eight billion people on the the rail trail 
walking on and or running. So now not only do you have to get to the intersection and and factor in the cars and who's getting there first and if they're actually going to, you know, abide by the system in place of who goes first, but then you also have to watch for these 8 billion pedestrians. They're running and walking and same thing. Sometimes some will run through it and just put their hand up. Sometimes people will kind of go forward and then stop and be like, "Oh, you go ahead." And then you you go ahead. It's just a big giant game of chicken and it's very annoying it is it's chaotic and, uh, and and yeah like i understand i'm happy people are out there getting sunshine getting fresh air and all that stuff but man stay out I, of the way like oh it added just trying to get through like the three four-way stops sign intersections whatever to get home it added like an extra seven minutes on mm-hmm. my commute and i already have to drive a whole seven minutes to work i know and that was making it 14 minutes on the way that's home. why i just uh paraglide everywhere you paraglide. Yeah. I, like a uh, little flying squirrel monkey? Yeah, I street ski. <laughs> is, that actually, is that an actual thing? No, that would be I epic, though. You just put on a hit. You attach to someone's hitch, <laughs> and you just... <laughs> I've been seeing more contraptions on the road with people getting to work. and. Well, I have seen Charlotte. Actually, this, this was not planned for the show, but this makes me think about it. Twice now, I have had sightings. Of a, it has to be a club of some sort, <laughs> but they're these new things. I don't know if you've seen them, but they're like these one wheel oh, yeah. electric skateboards where, yeah, it's like a, it's just one wheel. And then there's two little places to put your feet on, on the, the other board. side of the wheel. Yeah. And, and it just, it's electric and you go twice now. I have seen these clubs where it's like motorcycle gangs, but it's these one wheel gangs. <laughs> I, and I, I have a video, but like 20 of them. In, in all demographics, like you'll see like an eight-year-old kid wearing like a snapback, like with a pack of Skittles while he's riding. And then you'll also see like a 70-year-old dude like tatted up in a midlife crisis, like riding 20 of them just in the middle of the road. They take up the entire lane. I'm like, what is this? Uh, but yeah, now you got to watch for those too. You said that was like a motorcycle game. Could you imagine like 20 of them just like you're eating outside of Blaze Pizza or something? And then There's 20 like, of them just roll with up. Me. And, yeah, <laughs> with me. Who owns the North? <laughs> <laughs> no, but no. The weather's going to be great. Uh, excited to see people out. But man, the driving in Charlotte just get a little bit more difficult when mm-hmm. it's already difficult. And that's one thing that's funny because when family, you know, from Winston-Salem, my family from New York, they come down to visit. That's the number one thing they always say or they always comment on first is the driving in Charlotte. And honestly, I think we just got to wear that wear that title on our chest loud and proud. But people from New York, you said? Yeah. But wouldn't, they, wouldn't the driving be, you know, better here just because are, the, are these people city folk? They, well, they go to the city okay. a lot, but they're, they're on Long Island. Okay. But the one so thing, drivable. Drivable. The one thing they say, though— is the thing this like that they're like this is this is what's wrong with the south man this is what's wrong with the south <laughs> uh they say everyone is too indecisive here like yeah everyone is too nice New York city like once you get to like the jamaica area once you get to like queens and start it's like country the, dude yeah there's a jamaica new york <laughs> uh once you start getting into the boroughs of new york city like when you get closer to manhattan it's one of those things to where like you go and you go and that's why oh, yeah. everything works because nobody there's no tapping on the brakes they mm-hmm. just magically flow in I couldn't drive in New York. Though. Yeah, it's beautifully it chaotic me. in New York. How like there's a language with the honking. Like mm-hmm. you know, not a not a honk. Not every honk is like yelling at you. Right. Some you know, there's like warning honks and stuff like that. And then yeah, if you're a pedestrian, it's just pedestrians just go. Even if there's that red hand is up, everyone's walking. <laughs> it's like if you're driving in New York, just like just wait till there's a time because you're I've, not getting through. I've had one of the worst jobs in terms of just the 
easiness to execute or the ease to execute is being a semi-truck driver or a truck mm. delivery driver mm. in New, in York, New York, York. How do you do that? I wouldn't do it. I, I don't know. I just see people doing doing this on small roads like Camden and Yeah, like the 18-wheelers like backing into the mm-hmm. delivery like buildings. It's And I'm struggling to Monday be me. Elantra. Could right? not be me. That's why I'm yeah. a comm major. Weather, comm majors do it best. Weather's getting nice. Charlotte's coming alive. And you know what else is alive? The March Madness Tournament. Oh, segues are great, right? March Madness, full swing. It's been a fun one. Upsets from the get-go since, like, the first two games. Mm -hmm. People were upset. And now Sweet 16 games are happening. Elite Eights being determined. Final Four and National Championship is just ahead. Ben, you are the show's March Madness guy. You want me to break it down? You've been watching college basketball, paying close attention. You've been educating me as I'm watching just like a kid, just like, I don't know many of the players here, but I'm enjoying this good sport of basketball right now. (laughs) But you, we've been talking when we're playing Xbox and stuff. We've been talking about some of the things that's been standing out to you in this March Madness tournament, some of the things that have caught you off guard and some of the things that have surprised you. So... Take it away. Take it away, man. I'm, I'm ready to hear. And what away. Because you were talking we to me, and I was like, no, wait for the show. <laughs> so uh, let's see. Let's break down um, first half of the Sweet 16 from Thursday night. So uh, there were, what, four games that took place Thursday night? Um, yeah, in the first part of the Sweet 16, the winners advanced to the Elite Eight. So it was, it was a fun night. Um, first game that took place was probably the most exciting if we're being honest it was seven seed michigan state taking on three seed kansas state uh michigan state reaching like their eighth straight sweet 16 or something uh Izzo just as always dominating um the tournament when he gets in there but michigan state hard fought battle went into ot this one was a thriller kansas state ends up getting the w as sports fans might know 98 to 93 um, to advance to the Elite Eight. Shout out to our short king, Marquise Noel. 20 points, 19 assists in the win. Um, I Actually, I should have his height pulled up, but, I mean, he can't be much taller than me. I'm 5'8", right. and uh, he looks pretty He looks pretty small out there. Cal Perry was uh, disrespecting him when they lost. When Kentucky lost to Kansas State he, in the postgame, Cal Perry was like, yeah, I mean, the little man got, like, a big three on us. Mm. I was like, yeah, calling him the little mm. man. And he called him the little man, and he was one rebound away from dropping a 20-20 game in college in the Sweet 16. Yeah, so this man said, put some respect on my name, goes on to play Michigan State and drops 20 points and 19 assists. Absolutely insane. Um, They win 98-93. And I will say, Noel, I love your game. I love my short kings. (laughs) But you almost threw that game away, throwing up these 35-foot contested threes towards the end of the game. Two or three possessions, he would just jack up a three from no man's land. Heat check, man. Um, yeah, except but one was an air ball, and the other <laughs> one was not close either. So I was like, "Are you? do you want to lose this game? But they, they got the win. Kansas State knocks out Michigan State. Now, really interesting play mm-hmm. uh, from this game that was kind of circulating on social media uh, featuring Marquise Noel. So he's dribbling the ball up the court, and he starts yelling with head coach Jerome Tang for Kansas State. And they're barking at each other, and then in the middle of like them yelling, Noel just chucks an alley-oop 
perfectly. I mean, it was it right was on the money. Perfect. Alley oop for an easy two. And this clip has been going around, and people were like, do we think this was a design play? So, because if you watch, I mean, it really does look like it was it was a decoy. It was a distraction. I mean, you're yelling at your coach. You're not expecting someone to just throw an alley-oop to the basket, mm-hmm. um, especially when, like, you know, you're five feet behind the three-point line. But Noel is yelling at a tang, and then he just throws it up. They get the easy two. So if you watch the play, in the postgame uh, interviews, they said— Head coach Jerome Tang said it was not a design play, that he called a play and Noel called a play, and they were in a disagreement. And then Noel said that he just saw the play develop out of the side of his eye and, you know, just chemistry threw it up. That was the bucket. Now, I don't know if that's like a smokescreen, like if they're going to try and use that. I mean, I do feel like that's a one-and-done. Even if it was a design play, that feels like a one-and-done yeah, thing. You, you can't just be doing that now because if that is, if they came out and said it was a design a design play, mm-hmm. and then now you see him barking at his coach. It's like, or, just stay alert. Just stay yeah. alert, exactly. But it, it was still just crazy to see that um, kind of play unfold and the chemistry between it. it, it honestly, I believe them. I, I think they were... It, like you said, you see something develop out of the corner of your eye. Good point guards alike can just see the play develop. They don't need to have a drawn up, you know, distraction like that, a diversion. But uh, it was interesting. And and when we saw the play and we were talking about it, I for a second thought, and I still am kind of on the kind of on the fence with it. It looks like a design play based <laughs> on does. how perfect it was. It really does. Like it was a reverse alley oop, the most perfectly placed pass, timed up with the jump. Like mm-hmm. it was amazing. And another thing that people have people kind of believing it was a design play is Tang. At, right before the the lob is thrown, Tang kind of does like a motion. You can't see obviously because radio, but like he takes his left arm and just kind of does like. A hooking motion like a like just kind of swings his arm around and then right after he does that noel throws the lob so people are like was that the signal like was, was the coach the looking for when the cut was happening and then was like all right throw it now so it, it was i'm kind of on the fence too but i i do feel like that was just a heads-up play by I, a good I, point I, guard I think, I think that just shows the skill the mm-hmm. chemistry of this team because when a millisecond before the pass was thrown, he was still looking at his coach. Yeah. Like, it's so I can see it, you know, him just seeing it out of the corner of his eye, turning it. But it's just how quick he meant. And, I'm, like, I know it's just an alley-oop, but it's really in this. It's not just an alley-oop. With the situation it was in as well, you're arguing with your coach about a play call, and then you throw up this alley-oop, as you said, from five feet behind the three-point line in an overtime game in the Sweet 16 against Michigan State. Yeah, it's like man, and and I will say, yeah, it, it was just a crazy game. Um, shout out Kansas State getting the win. Uh, I will say, people have been hating on Tom Izzo a lot. Uh, in the post game, he was like, you know, Tom Izzo. I mean, any any basketball fan knows he's gonna speak his mind. But Izzo was just like, they had some lucky shots. I mean, he wasn't being rude about it. Also, like the clip that was posted that people were getting mad at was uh, taken out of context. You know, they didn't show his full response. But Izzo was just like, what are you going to do? You know, give credit to him. But they hit some lucky shots. He's not wrong. No, I mean, that, that sometimes yeah, that's what it is. Like, God, they, they heaved up some threes. Like I said, Noel was ch- heaving up deep threes late in the shot clock towards the end of the game. Kansas State did that a couple times. And they banked one in or two. They had they hit some lucky shots. Izzo's not discrediting this team. He's just like, dang, what are you gonna do? It's gonna happen sometimes. So uh, layoff, you know, he's just 
You heard it. You heard it from Ben. Layoff. <laughs> now, before we take our first break, I do want to talk about that last possession with Michigan State because it looked like they had a couple open shots that they weren't trying to take advantage of. What was your thought process when you were watching it live? Uh, that was very frustrating to see because they come out of a timeout, or no, they didn't come out of a timeout. Well, now, geez, now my memory is foggy. Uh, regardless, Michigan State has the ball with one possession left, and it's always infuriating when you see teams not get a shot up Mm -hmm. or it's almost equally infuriating when you see a team uh go up the court and just chuck the first shot up like contested a deep contested three michigan state uh did like both uh they brought (laughs) well it was very infuriating so michigan state brings the ball up and they they make two or three beautiful passes to set up an open look and every single guy passes up on the open look. I mean, they looked like the Warriors out there. Like they were just they were moving the defense a lot, getting every single guy that touched the ball an open look and every single one of them pump faked or passed it up and swung it around and ultimately um Kansas State regrouped, covered the last guy that the ball got to and then next thing you know, he has to chuck up a contested three and doesn't even get the shot off mm. and Michigan State loses. That was very frustrating because the first two looks that they had were open threes, and there was still time left where if they missed it, they could have gotten an offensive rebound or something. Even after they missed, they didn't even get the shot off, there was still one second left when Kansas State got the ball, and they fouled, and that's why they lost by five. Mm-hmm. It's like if you took one of those first two looks and you miss it, you still have a chance. You can still foul, come back, but very frustrating to see Michigan State just overpass. You know, overpassing is one of the most frustrating things. Yeah. Um, shoot! You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Final question on this game. Kansas State now in the Elite Eight. Do you think they can do anything with it? Do you I, think they I, can do you think they can continue this run? I do. Kansas State is a very talented team. Um, I mean, coming into the tournament, they were in a favorable region. They're in that Purdue region where, you know, it's like anything can happen here. I mean, I had Memphis going to the final four in one bracket. So it definitely helps now with the matchups they have. Um you know, FAU. They just got to beat FAU, which is doable. But FAU right now is has a lot of momentum. Mm-hmm. Kansas State will be favored in that game. but That'll be an exciting game. Yeah. I mean, Kansas State has a legitimate chance to make Final Four. Yeah. Shout out to our short king. Shout out to our short king. And just like Kansas State has a short king, the Uptown Sports Crowd has a short king, and his name is Ben Cole. Don't go anywhere. Uptown Sports Crowd will be right back after this. And now back to more of the Uptown Sports Crowd on Fox Sports Radio Charlotte 94.7. Move aside and let the man go through. Let the man go through. Move aside and let the man go through. Let the man go through. Uptown Sports Crowd on Fox Sports Radio Charlotte, Sundays from 9 to 10 a.m. On 94.7 FM, you can catch us online at foxsportsradiocharlotte.com or for the easiest access, download the Fox Sports Radio Charlotte mobile app and Google Play and the App Store. Ben just got done giving us his little breakdown of Michigan State versus Kansas State. Short Kings, were alley-oops planned? Were they, uh, were, was it a design play? Was it not? We think it wasn't, but it looked closely like a design play. Before we move on uh, with college basketball, Ben, uh, as you know, Ben is like kind of the new guy in Charlotte, moved here last June. Ben, I- I'm just curious, non-sports related, what has been 
your favorite restaurant or your favorite Charlotte thing that you were introduced to after you moved here? Like, what is what has been something about Charlotte that has stood out to you? Where you're like, huh? I like Charlotte because you're mm. you're from Raleigh. Went to uh, went to App State. Lived in Boone. Now you're here in the Queen City. I'm just curious to see what uh what about Charlotte sticking out for you? Uh, the 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 sports crowd. The 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 uptown sports crowd. That, uh, well, I was gonna say it's different because like I grew up in Raleigh, not too far from downtown, but like you know, obviously more in the suburb area. So, I, but now in Charlotte, I live in like the heart of South End. So there's just like more around me. You know, it feels more like city like obviously, which is something I like. I see myself as a city person. I like being walking distance from you know just anything basically. So that's one thing I really like. But also, you know, if I lived somewhere else in Raleigh, I could have that same experience. But I don't know. It's just having like the a pro football team here is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so really like the sports scene and everything, Charlotte FC. Um, it's weird just seeing like a soccer fan community here. You know, not used to that. Yeah. But uh, and it's cool because you can see the stadium from the top of your parking garage or your apartment exactly. complex. So like, exactly. You can no, just be I'm chilling close. up there and see the fireworks going off before the Charlotte FC matches or Panther games. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I like Charlotte though. Yeah. I, like I could see myself here. I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoy yeah. Charlotte. I like you being in Charlotte. Now, back to sports. Back to uh, college basketball March Madness. Back to Tom Izzo. Oh, we're going back to Tom Izzo. Yeah, we are. So, I just support. I just. I just. You know, said lay off Tom Izzo, but now I'm about to. <laughs> you did. We we just did a whole bit. <laughs> I just did a whole bit. lay off. But I love contradicting myself. So Tom Izzo also <laughs> said last night something along the lines of, "I have no problem." saying the Big Ten, or, you know, implying the Big Ten. He said, I have no problem saying we have the best league in the country regarding the Big Ten. Um, what? I just got to go in on this man, Tom Izzo, for saying that, because he's it's just factually incorrect. Um, Big Ten, no doubt, has some good basketball programs. Like, you can't doubt it. I mean, they, they always have some of the best teams year in and year out. But when it comes to winning championships, which is the ultimate goal in any sport, results matter. You can't say the Big Ten is the best league in college basketball. I think 28 teams, let me let me double check, 28 teams from the Big Ten have uh, made the tournament last three years. One of those teams has made the Elite Eight. Um, this year, already no more Big Ten teams left after Michigan State lost to Kansas State. Uh, the last time a Big Ten team won the national championship was Michigan State, and uh, that was in 2000. You were one years old. One yeah. year old, I should say. One year Take old. Take that S off. Uh, less than, because I was born in December of 99, and you know it would have been in about April, the championship game. Oh, man. I was less than a year old. You were still figuring out how to breathe. <laughs> yeah, I was still figuring out how to life. <laughs> um, when a Big Ten team won the won the championship. The last time a Big Ten team made the championship game was 2018. It was Michigan. They got destroyed. They did. 17 <laughs> points against Villanova. Um, the Big Ten is just not the best ba- basketball team in the league. It's just simple as that. I mean, I can, I pull up more statistics, but they're just not. And, uh, yeah, it's just it's just not true. Just don't say things that are not true. Hey, um, Ben, and, lay off. And lay and, off Tom Izzo. And another thing that kills me, though, is, like, let's look at just this year alone, small sample size. Why would you say that after you know you were just the last Big Ten team to get knocked out? You just got knocked out of the Sweet 16. You didn't even make the Elite Eight. 
And then let's see what how the Big Ten did this year. We had Purdue. How did Purdue do? Oh, they lost to a 16 team. Purdue do was doo doo. Purdue do was doo doo. <laughs> um, Purdue was like coming in as favorites and lost to had the worst upset in college basketball history. So <laughs> to a team that shouldn't have even been there. To a team extenuating circumstances yeah. allowed FDU to be in this tournament. So why would you even say that when you know there's not even any more Big Ten teams left and they're just better conferences? I mean, you can Pac-12, Big 12, ACC. I, I can go say, on and on. So who would you say is the best league in college basketball? The so, best I mean, conference, I should say. It's kind of hard, but if I had to pick, I'd probably go Big 12. Maybe well, even Big East. I don't know. Like, you got, like, UConn. I mean, but the Big 12, I mean, with K- Kansas, Baylor, Texas, all of those schools. I mean, look, they're, 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 I just they're, Kansas they're, defending champion. <laughs> Baylor won the year before that. Um, and Texas is still making a deep run right now. I'd probably go Big 12, but I mean, if we're talking historically, ACC, right? There it is. And, it, and, it. and it's got to be ACC just when you look at UNC and Duke alone. Yeah, they're carrying it. <laughs> but then also, I mean, Virginia got one in 2019, UNC 2017. UNC should have won it last year. They didn't pull off the biggest choke job ever. And UNC had a big, uh, had a bad beat. In mm-hmm. uh, 2016 against uh, yeah. was it Villanova? Yeah, With that buzzer exactly. Beater? Yeah, that and Marcus Page shot. After, is yeah. Gonna, yeah, that the Marcus Wright, Page shot is, was the rage, which is how Gonzaga beat UCLA, which is what we'll go to. I mean, they literally said we ran the Jay Wright play. Um, you could even say the SEC. I mean, the last team to win it back to back was Florida, 2006, 2007. You had Kentucky, obviously, with the the powerhouse they are. They won it 2012. Um, so one could even say the SEC. Especially like you have Alabama this year. So there are three or four conferences where one could say they're better than... You could literally <laughs> make an argument for any other conference other than the Big Ten. That's that's what's funny. And, and I went on a big rant about the Big Ten. The Big Ten might be my most hated conference in sports. <laughs> because I don't know if, you, if you're a longtime fan of the show, but I went on a big rant earlier during college football season about the Big Ten and how they refuse to evolve their playing style and how they play football like it's 1970 i formation just run it up the middle and it's like oh my god have we not like have y'all watched the movie moneyball <laughs> like there's a thing now called passing <laughs> um and like you know stats analytics but uh same thing with basketball the big 10 why don't they win championships you ask i'm not uh, i'm not a uh, words <laughs> i'm not some whiz i'm not ken palm over here but just at the eye test just at the base level you can you can analyze why the big 10 doesn't win championships and it's because like football they run this slow offense that is just not good they don't use a lot of guard play i mean look at purdue what was their whole offense? Eight-foot-tall Zach Eady. If you run a double team on Zach Eady and shut him down like FDU did, anybody can beat you. I mean, we saw it happen. The smallest team in the league beat Purdue with the biggest guy. Um, there's not a lot of great guard play in the Big Ten. It's very slow. Uh, they don't. They don't. Not a lot of Big Ten teams have the ability to get quick buckets, which is a necessity in the NCAA tournament. You see year in and year out. The teams that usually win the championships are very high offensive scoring teams, mm-hmm. very quick-paced teams like your Kansas or Baylor a couple years ago, your Gonzaga's, um, Villanova. I mean, that three-point arsenal mm-hmm. where they made back-to-back national championships. Um, 
or two in three years. But uh, Big Ten doesn't have that. It's all big post-play, playing like it's in the 90s, and it's just boring. So, um, I don't know. Hire me. I'll, I'll come in and coach a team. You guys <laughs> okay. do all the recruiting. I'll just run the formations. I'll just run the plays. Um, I, I have the I have the pedigree to back it up. YMCA MVP, oh five oh six, six points a game. This man was five One years assist. old. <laughs> I'm just joking. Bragging about an MVP. Uh, yeah, they didn't even call double dribbles. But, um, <laughs> they didn't. Be <laughs> that just so they have was, that little. Did they have that little like goal that they put on top of the real goal so that way y'all would be able to shoot it and get it up there? <laughs> no, no, but they did lower it. <laughs> <laughs> they did lower it. It was like seven foot goals. But sorry, that was way longer of a rant than it needed to be. That's just just don't say things that are that are just factually incorrect. Um, like I could just get on here and say FDU is the best team in the tournament left. I mean that's just not true. <laughs> but I could say it. <laughs> so say it. Tom Izzo, just check yourself. We well, can really say anything. You yeah you can. What do you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to be careful. <laughs> Hold up. Wait a minute. <laughs> Hold up. So, speaking of saying things, what would you say about the exciting Gonzaga-UCLA game? That game... Because UCLA, you were you were giving them some props. And, I mean, they lived up to it throughout the mm-hmm. tournament. They did. I know. I said before the brackets came out, if I had to pick a team, I'd go with UCLA. Um, because, they, you know, they have that tournament experience. They have a good head coach. Uh, they're a high-scoring team. But I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, super confident. I said this is a year where anybody could win it. But... UCLA played Gonzaga in the Sweet 16 Thursday night, and that game was insane. So UCLA was dominating. It looked like UCLA was going to run away with it. They had a double-digit lead in the first half, and then Gonzaga, man, Mark Few, he knows what he's doing. Great head coach over there. Um, it also helps when you have, you know, 10-year veteran Timmy on the floor. But, uh, <laughs> I was about to say, bro, he's older than me. Right? Gonzaga came back in that game, though. UCLA goes on like a nine-minute drought without a field goal and Gonzaga ends up taking the lead and kind of starting to run away with it they were up nine with a minute to go a little over a minute UCLA ends up taking the lead Mm. and you know obviously Um, multiple things you blow a nine point lead with a minute a a lot of things have to go wrong for that to happen a you have to miss free throws which they did Timmy, not a great free throw shooter, like 68%. Clanks both. Another guy missed the front end of a one and one. UCLA starts hitting shots. They get an and they get an and one. They hit another three. Um, you know, this is all in random order. This is happening. They also force a turnover. Gonzaga uh, inbounds the ball. They throw it out of bounds. UCLA gets a bucket after that. Everything that could possibly go wrong is going wrong. I mean, it's crazy how in these moments when you start to see a team choking, it's like they forget how to play basketball. Mm-hmm. Like, there was an inbounds play after they turned it over, right after they turned it over the first time. They barely get it in in time, and then the guy like looks like he doesn't know how to dribble anymore. It's just crazy in these high-pressure situations. I mean, the Fab Five with Michigan. Yeah. I mean, they that is one of the best college basketball teams to ever grace a hardwood floor, and they made... A silly mistake in calling a timeout when when they have no timeouts left, giving the game to UNC. It's just these high pressure situations. It's just crazy college basketball, man. I mean, they're younger than us now. Yeah, just crazy to believe. But I, I, no, I I remember the feeling I had the first time I watched like the NFL and NBA draft, and it said how old these new players like, oh. were, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm three or four years older than them. Yeah, I'm just and eating that was just a bow supreme watching these guys <laughs> right. achieve their dreams. I'm, on, I'm like, I'm delivering pizzas for Domino's, and this man's signing a $19 million I'm like, who contract. I took down $80 in tips tonight? <laughs> hey, that was a good night. Oh, I know. That is a good, <laughs> hey, I'm not, don't I'm don't not be hating on those $80 <laughs> tip nights, man. 
Uh, but that Gonzaga game, I mean, everything that they could do to blow it, they did. And then UCLA ends up taking the lead with about 10 seconds to go, 11 seconds to go. Gonzaga calls a timeout. And now this is where I mentioned earlier. In this timeout, I'm not sure if Mark Few, I don't like, if this is what they drew up, not a fan of it, honestly. But they're down one. And Mark Few said they drew up the, they, they said, do the Jay Wright play. So obviously, if you're a Carolina fan, you're scarred by this <laughs> forever. Villanova hit a buzzing buzzer beater three to win the national title game a few years back over UNC, where they dribble up the court and it's basically like a, a pitch play back to the guard running behind you. And then they set a little screen after they pitch it back just to give you enough room to shoot it. Um, so Gonzaga runs the same exact play. About 11 seconds ago, they come up the floor, pitch it back, and this man releases like a 33-foot three. I mean, it was not a good shot. Like, I mean, it was he was open. He had he had space. Probably because it wasn't a good shot. They were down one point, though. <laughs> I mean, that's one of those situations where if you're a Gonzaga fan, you're probably like, why? And then it goes in, and you're like, oh! <laughs> Never mind! Because <laughs> um, that's how it was for me. Like, even from a third-party standpoint, I was like, oh, that's what you drew up? Oh, yeah, you know, it worked. <laughs> it worked, yeah. Um, and then UCLA ends up coming down. They didn't. UCLA didn't have a timeout. They have about seven seconds to go. They inbound the ball. They end up getting a deep three off and almost tying the game. Mm. Um, but they do not. And uh, Gonzaga wins the game. Um, they're moving on. I mean, don't sleep on the Zags. They 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 have that tournament experience. They have the tournament experience, but they don't have that. Like, when's the last time they've actually? That's what um, I'm saying. I mean, they 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 need to deliver. Um, they perform well every. Single I mean, they year. did. They lost to Baylor um, a couple years ago. Baylor, that Baylor team was dominant yeah. though. Um, and then they lost to UNC in 2017. Gonzaga has gotten there. They've gotten there, but now it begs the question: with with how this year's tournament has unfolded. Is this the year? I mean, the one year where Gonzaga isn't the favorite to win the tournament, is it their year? Because yeah. now it's like all of a sudden, they just knocked out the two seed in a region where the one seed's already knocked out. So they have a legitimate chance. I mean, they're they're probably the favorite now out of that region. They're playing UConn in the Elite Eight Saturday. Um, But Gonzaga, I mean, really could end up making a run for the title this year. I mean, we'll see. But don't sleep on Mark Few and the Zags. Don't sleep. I don't think I don't think anybody ever does sleep on them. No, because they no. they normally come in as you said as the favorites, and they always make a pretty good or decent run mm-hmm. into but the they, Sweet Sixteen. All Swedish, no finish. Exactly. So we'll see. Will if, this be the year? The year? Will this be the year that you have been saying for weeks that anybody can win it? And I'm liking it because we talked about it. The amount of teams that are entering these final stages of the tournament, the Sweet 16, the Elite Eights, I mean, not many of them have won a championship already for the university. Mm-hmm. And uh, like one one uh, that I'm keeping an eye on, and just because I was able to watch them in person when they played chart, was FAU. I like watching FAU. Now with that dunk at the end of that game a couple nights ago. So uh, you're talking about the one in the uh, the round, the second round when they beat FDU. Yes, yeah, like the dunk. So I'm yes. going back a little bit. Yes. But uh, is that something that like you just as a sports fan get worked up over? Like a dunk at the end of the game when you're already like up? Like, because I I was seeing mixed emotions on social media and Twitter saying that's the uns you broke the unspoken rule you shouldn't be doing that you already had the win they took our jobs they took our jobs yeah <laughs> no uh it did it, that I okay so here's my take on that 
and it, it's not necessary. It's obviously I think we can all acknowledge it's it's unnecessary. But let's say it's a regular season game. FAU beats this team and they go in and do like a 360 windmill with one second left, up like eight points as it was. I, I'm like, why? I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed at that. Now for this, though, you're on the biggest stage. Right. You're like, even though you just beat a team that you're objectively better than, you're an underdog mm-hmm. at this stage of the tournament. I mean, you're a nine seed, you know, trying to put your name on the map. Who cares? Who cares? I mean, he didn't the, make it, and I think that's what made it, it worse. Yeah, I think it is. What like, made if it he worse. made it, I feel like, but the fact that you tried that and didn't make it, people are like, ugh. But it's just like, okay, and... They won. Really? They That's, won like yeah. by. They would have won by like ten instead of eight, or like eleven instead of nine, or whatever it was. It's just like I, I don't get it. Um, you know the guy, their kids. Really? Yeah. Like their kids, they're in the moment. They're never gonna. I mean, have you seen that thread where it's like some of these Cinderella teams from past decades and like where they are now? Mm-hmm. Most of these guys are like assistant principals now. Mm-hmm. Like they have everyday jobs. Like are you talking like about us. my guy Pitt Snoggle from West Virginia? Yeah, I like, saw. I saw that. <laughs> or. I mean, some of them are still in athletics. Like, uh, one guy is, like, an assistant coach somewhere now. But, like, a lot of these guys are, like, <laughs> accountants now. No, they're just working jobs. They're, they're, that they, everybody, they, that everybody's like, working. They had the chance to do something that most everybody that they meet for the yeah. rest of their life can't say that they had a chance to play in the round of 32 or Sweet 16. So let them live in the moment while it's happening. Right? Like, I think one out of every 75 college players makes the NBA or something. I mean, the NBA, I don't think people realize how hard it is to make the NBA. The NBA specifically mm-hmm. is probably the hardest professional sports league yeah, to the, make. Yeah, with the roster like, spots alone. Like, yeah, the worst player in the NBA is closer to LeBron than, like, the best D3 player is to, like, them, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Or, you know, me to them. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the skill gap is insane. So, the fact that most of these guys aren't going to ever be on a stage like this again, let them enjoy the moment. Exactly. Who cares? Like, sorry your butt hurt that your team lost and you just have to watch a guy, you know, and quote unquote, follow- air quote, rub it in. When, in reality, he's just, the adrenaline is at maximum capacity. And right. they're and, just like, oh my good. And oh. following these unspoken rules. Like... So make them rules. So either make yeah. them rules to where they count against it or not. I hate the unspoken rule stuff. Yeah. I hate it. The main unspoken rule is that you don't purposely try to injure anybody. Yeah. That's like the that and that that pretty much is a rule. Mm-hmm. But like I see it a lot with baseball when the disrespect and like I'm seeing a clip with no context and it's like the pitchers yelling at the batter, the catchers yelling at him. It's like, oh man, the the disrespect, the unbroke, you're up eleven, blah blah blah. If the game's still going and you're up 11, it's like what I yeah. talked about uh, up 11 runs, like what I talked about a few weeks why ago. Put in a, why, why put, put in, in a left outfielder. fielder to pitch? Yeah, and yeah. then they're throwing, 40, they're throwing 40 miles per hour down it. It's like, no, if you're doing all that stuff and they can't do something as yeah. simple as it's break, like you breaking might as well unspoken rule. Then. Yeah, no, I agree. The, the the unspoken rule thing, it's just, it's annoying. It's it's unnecessary. But if you're going to break whatever unspoken rule there is, like, uh, at least finish. Make the <laughs> that dunk. That's true. Make the dunk. Make the dunk. You did kind of clown yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what made yeah. it a whole lot worse. And you could see a teammate watching it, and when he missed it, he was like, oh. And, and I was going to say, the coach apologized, too, uh, right right when it happened. He went up to um, Tobin, the head coach, Tobin something. I'm sorry <laughs> uh, for FDU, and it was just like, my bad. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't tell him, I didn't tell him to do that. Um and you know he was okay because you know they understand the atmosphere mm-hmm. and the intensity. 
but yeah, that was uh, some unnecessary drama. It was unnecessary drama, and uh, we're going to end the segment with uh, unspoken rules in sports. They're stupid. Win yeah. the game, win the championship. Don't go anywhere. Uptown Sports Crowd coming back, finishing up March Madness talk, and then we will send you on your way. And now back to more of the Uptown Sports Crowd on Fox Sports Radio Charlotte 94.7. Move aside and let the man go through. Let the man go through. Move aside and let the man go through. Let the man go through. The Uptown Sports Crowd, Fox Sports Radio Charlotte. Mackie Gallagher joined by my boy Benny C. Ben Cole giving us his March Madness breakdown. We're talking about the men's tournament. We want to switch over to the women's tournament for a bit because uh, there is possibly an upset that could be brewing right now in the women's NCAA tournament with the Miami Hurricanes. That's right. So if you're a fan of March Madness and you know you know like to keep track of both the men's and the women's tournaments, historically speaking, you've probably noticed the women's tournament's are typically not like the men's tournaments in the sense that you're not seeing these crazy upsets year in and year out where you're watching a 16 seed win or a 15 seed make the Elite Eight like St. Peter's. You just don't see it a lot in women's basketball. Women's basketball, it's it's dominated by some of these top seeds, like these top programs like South Carolina, UConn, Stanford, etc. But this year, we're seeing some of these trends being broken in the women's March Madness tournament, and it's exciting to see. I like a good Cinderella story, regardless yep. of whether it's men's or women's. And this year, we are seeing some upsets finally brew in the women's tournament. So, I mean, just kind of recapping real quickly, we've seen two one seeds get upset before reaching the Sweet 16. So, in the round of 32, number one seed Stanford, who has... If you know women's basketball, Stanford is a powerhouse. They lost 54-49 to against eight-seeded Ole Miss. Ole Miss advanced to the Sweet 16. And then number one seed Indiana lost to the team we're focusing on, nine-seeded Miami Hurricanes, 70-68. to So Miami, a nine-seed. We never see nine-seeds right. go this far into the tournament in women's basketball. I mean, I've seen nine-seeds lose by 50 in the second round i mean that's what we're i mean women's basketball is insane like the blowouts you see in in the tournament but miami beat indiana to advance to the sweet 16 to play four-seeded villanova friday miami continued the run beating four-seeded villanova 70 to 65 so now nine-seeded miami is in the elite eight and women's college basketball, they are one win away from advancing to the Final Four. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not going to pretend I know the stats behind women's college basketball, but I don't know the last time we saw a nine seed in the Final Four in the women's tournament. I don't know the last time we saw a seed higher than like six in the women's Final Four. But I'm a big Florida State fan, but I like an underdog. I'm rooting for this Miami team to go deep. I mean, I just would love to see the women's tournament get shook up a little bit and see one of these teams make a deep run and win the tournament. That would just be awesome. I mean, and it, may, it might create some like future changes in recruitment. Exactly. I mean, we might see we might start to see some of these, you know, really good players start to you know diversify, go to some spread the wealth among all these programs. Well, that's what we've been seeing with uh, 
the men's anyway recently with the with the different programs that are winning or that are making you know the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, the Final Four every year. It is expanding that recruiting field a little bit. But mm-hmm. women's basketball traditionally is dominated by just a handful of teams that are making it every year. And so, I mean, if you have a team like Miami, who's a nine seed who now sits in the Elite Eight, uh, start winning games. That can change. That can change the field. And I mean, in the Sweet Sixteen this year, you're right. I mean, everybody is pretty much seeds one through five, with the exception of Miami at nine. And then you have Ole Miss at eight, and then Colorado will include them uh, ranked uh, or have as the sixth seed. Excuse mm-hmm. me, words. Uh, but those those are the three high, the three highest seeds in the uh, Sweet Sixteen at six, eight, and nine. Then everybody else is between one and five, mostly twos and threes, since two of the one seeds have already been knocked out. But I'm excited. It's always top heavy, though. I mean, yeah, if you ever are picking a women's bracket. You kind of can't go wrong putting all the onesies in the Final Four. It happens a lot. At least all ones and twos. Mm-hmm. Like, you just never see some of these teams make it. So it's so exciting, like you said, to see some of these outliers like Ole Miss, Miami, Colorado. Um, but Miami punching their way through to the Elite Eight. Um, we'll see if they make the Final Four. I believe they play Sunday. Yeah, they they, they play today. Um, we'll see if Miami can uh, keep the run going. I'm excited, though. I'm always down for enough, so I'm going to have to uh, definitely tune in to all the Elite Eight Final Four games of the women's tournament, especially knowing that some of these uh, seeds that are in there are usually not in there historically. Exactly. And with the number one seeds, I mean, like uh, NC State was a, a good seed. You have South Carolina, who has been, you know, a monster in, in women's basketball. They had that uh, amazing and memorable game winner in both their Final Four and then the subsequent national championship a couple years back. That was a fun uh, run to watch. Yeah, but, and and like I said, speaking of South Carolina, they played eight-seeded South Florida in the second round and won by 31 points. <laughs> I mean, unreal. I mean, that you a one versus eight should not be a thirty point game. So yeah, I mean, South Carolina probably still favorite to win it all for being real. But um, yeah, let's see something switch up. Look, I mean, considering I, I I was lucky enough to announce all the women's basketball games my junior and senior year for App State. So App State's always my number one women's team, but uh, they are not in the tournament. So I'm going to have to go with Miami simply because. On paper, statistically, historically, they should not be where they're at. Yep. And those are the teams I always want to root for. Yep. Everybody loves the underdog, unless they're playing against my team. Then please don't let us be remember. <laughs> don't let us be remembered for that. Uh, switching over from uh, March Madness, both men's and women's, to hockey. We got Ooh, hockey. We got hockey because uh, your Rangers and Canes had a very exciting game a few nights ago. But uh, if I saw correctly, you know, I'm not the biggest hockey guy. But if I saw correctly, the Hurricanes clinched correct. You know, they lost They lost Fetchnikov. We'll see how that plays out in the playoffs. But this NHL season has been fairly exciting. Yeah, it's been very exciting. And I know you're excited because your Rangers exactly. are one of the Exactly. So, favorites. yeah, the Rangers, sorry, Hurricanes. The Rangers beat the Hurricanes 2-1 Thursday night in Raleigh. I uh, wish I could have been at that game. But the Hurricanes are the second team in the NHL to clinch playoff berth. Um, after the Boston Bruins. And like you said, the NHL has been super exciting this year. Boston Bruins are on a record-breaking year so far this year. Um, they're 55-16 and 16 as of right now, uh, looking to be like the Golden State Warriors the one year when they went like 73-9 and nine mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, the Boston Bruins are on an 
remarkable pace. But the Hurricanes, second team in the league to clinch even after losing Andrei Svechnikov. We knew they were going to make the playoffs. Now it's really just a matter of how deep will this Hurricanes team go with no Svechnikov. But shout out Sebastian Ajo, leading goal scorer, stepping up. Um, He had one against the Rangers Thursday night. Uh, So he's really kind of stepped up. Uh, A lot of Hurricanes have, honestly, since Svechnikov going down. I think uh, Brenda Moore, head coach Rod Brenda Moore, has done a good job kind of just rallying the troops in that sense. Um, they're playing a more physical game. Um, you know, everyone's finishing their checks. Uh, they're wearing down teams that way. Uh, when you lose your, when you lose one of your leading scores, you gotta, you know, try some try some new things, um, switch it up a little bit. But the Hurricanes still leading the division right now in the Metro, battling between the Devils for that first and second place mark. So, with that being said, the Hurricanes only have a two point lead over the second place New Jersey Devils. Um, if the Devils pass them, the Rangers and Hurricanes will play in the first round of the playoffs. And those are usually exciting playoff series. Exactly. The game Thursday night felt like a playoff game. Just the intensity. The PNC was electric. I mean, <laughs> I was watching the game on TV, and you could... It, I mean, it sounded like I was there. It was so loud. I, I, and I, I have always said, and this is the main reason why I try to keep up. One, so I can keep up in conversation with you, because you'll be like, the Rangers <laughs> last night did this, Igor Shesterk, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, cool, cool names. <laughs> uh, but one thing that got me kind of more interested in hockey is the atmosphere of being at an actual game. Like, you know, that third period, time is winding down, mm-hmm. empty net. They are pounding the zone, trying to get pucks on net, and everybody's just getting louder. Yeah, and every like, shot. Oh, yeah, every oh, shot. Oh! oh. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, yeah. That's exactly what it sounds else, like. but, yeah. <laughs> no, it's so true. The, the um, just the intensity of, of the games, it's so fun. I can't wait for playoff hockey. But, yeah, Hurricanes. Um, see how far they go. It'd be nice. I know, I know Hurricanes fans, y'all want to see a Stanley Cup soon, but the East, it's a battle. They gotta they're gonna have to get through either the Rangers or another good team like the Penguins out of the first round. And then uh they're gonna have to inevitably beat the Bruins, who are on their historical run to make the Stanley Cup. So a lot of hurdles to get through, but Hurricanes are a good team. They can do it. We'll hmm. see what happens. How far do you think they can go without Svechnikov? Like in reality, like how much do you think that like him not being on the roster with his injury is going to affect them when they get into these playoff series, especially if they get into these series that are going six, seven games? It's definitely going to have a, a big impact. The Hurricanes are going to have to have like a, a second or third liner step up and start getting hot if they really do want to make a deep run, or they're going to need some exceptional goaltending. But that in of itself has been an issue. I mean, uh, Fred Anderson has been just started his third consecutive game for the first time in like a season because he's been dealing with some injury issues. So Hurricanes just got to stay healthy. Um, But realistically... I think I'm seeing a first or second round exit out of the Hurricanes. I do enjoy how the NHL and NBA playoffs align a little bit. Me too. Because, uh, like, I'm a big NBA fan. I really love the first round. I, I like how it is a series. I like how it is seven games. I probably wouldn't be opposed to the first round being five games. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying all this because I feel like, you know, as a as a casual hockey uh, watcher and hockey uh, connoisseur, I would say that I see way more and I don't know if this is recency bias either I feel like I see way more seven game series in the early rounds than I do really in any other sport that has seven or series that can go that high early on I think it's true I think which is mainly just NBA I think the new playoff format um so the NBA you know the NHL used to do what the NBA does and it's just you know one plays eight two plays seven etc mm-hmm. a couple years back the NHL changed it to now where there's four divisions and the first team in each division plays the wild card or like the the 
Eastern Conference, there's two divisions. Mm-hmm. The two first place teams in each division play both the wild cards, and then the two and three in each of those divisions play each other. Mm-hmm. So I think that playoff format just makes it um, where you know you see a lot of these teams that are just so close in skill playing each other, to which results in yeah. seven game series and just tie series. On, yeah, instead exactly. Of like the two play and the seven, and that's why it makes it so difficult now to make a cup run, even when you're so good. I mean, you, like the Leafs, everybody makes fun of the Toronto Maple Leafs because they haven't won a playoff series in so long, and it's because they're usually the second or third team in their division, and they have to play like the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round. <laughs> and yeah, it's hard to win a series when you have to play the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round. And it's something NHL fans in the community have been upset about um, now because they want to go back to the old format because they're tired of seeing their teams play so well throughout the regular season just to play a first-round matchup against somebody that is equally as good. Exactly. Yeah. But we're heading into postseason time. We got March Madness, NHL is coming up, NBA. It's you're, the best time for sports. You're reaching in your final uh, ten, the final ten games of the season. I'm excited. Last couple minutes of the show, we're going to stick with Carolina, but with the Carolina Panthers. Oh yeah, because uh, the Panthers signed DJ Chark, one mm-hmm. year, five million dollar deal. Good signing. I, I love it. It's amazing. It's cheap. Does not hurt the cap space. And one thing I love about this team uh, right now and this off season, which I personally think is the greatest off season in Panthers history, with the coaching high as well as the free agent signings, but you are having such a favorable position or favorable scenario situation for your new quarterback to come into. You have, although he is 33 years old, Adam Thiever, one of the better route runners and hands in the league. You have DJ Chark, which provides that uh, deep, uh, that deep uh, explosive uh, danger to secondaries mm-hmm. that the Panthers are playing. Terrace Marshall Jr., who has started coming more of form or has been forming into a more reliable uh, Panther receiver last year when he actually started getting reps. Then you have Miles Sanders, Bradley Bozeman's re-signed. Hayden Hurst is going to be a great tight end. So right now, the offense for the Panthers is stacking up very well. And not only do I like this move with DJ Chart coming to the wide receiver core, because I do think he's a very talented wide receiver, although he has had some injury history. One thing I love about this signing is that the Panthers are now in my opinion, completely free to do whatever they want with pick number 39 in the second round, which I think is absolutely crucial for this rebuild that they are starting right now with their new quarterback. They're not trying to replace DJ Moore. They're trying to get their they're trying to get their quarterback comfortable in the pocket so that way he can get his confidence up, so that way he can get his first rookie year under the belt, and then when they're in the draft, they go after another free agent, uh, which the wide receiver free agency class next year for 2024 is absolutely stacked. We talked about that on a previous show. You can find that on the Uptown Sports Crowd on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you listen to podcasts. But having the complete freedom at pick number 39 to take the best overall player rather than having to focus on a position, I think is absolutely prime for the Carolina Panthers while still being able to fill that role that they probably were going to go after at pick number 39 with a talented receiver that has been establishing himself as a good receiver in the NFL the past couple of seasons. Yeah, they've they've done a tremendous job in this offseason. Um, I'm, ex- I'm just really excited to see this offense and just Make the right pick for number one. Make the right pick for number one. C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, I really don't care at this point. Just don't go anywhere other than those two. Well, we appreciate you tuning in. For Ben Cole, my name is Mackie Gallagher. This is the Uptown Sports Crowd. Catch us every Sunday on Fox Sports Radio Charlotte from 9 to 10 a.m. We will see you next week.